Welcome back to the uh, show. Let me get, you know, Biden's doing his presser. And I was I was watching him with bated breath. I hadn't seen him in a while, Joe Biden. I wanted to hear what he had to say about last night's hearings. And, of course, we can talk about that, and we will talk about that a lot. Jim Watkins filling in for the great Robert Dobby, the Renaissance man on on location, doing some filming, I understand. He's always got a project going on, and I think because he recently moved, uh, it's a little harder for him to make these drive-by uh, uh, you know, shows until he can get back and, and be, you know, regular. And we wish him well on his new projects. And I hope to have him on or have him stop by and share with us what he's working on. Um, anyway, so, but we thank you for joining us on the Robert Davi Show as we are here Monday through Friday on the CRNTalk.com website. Also on my podcast, the Jim Watkins Show dot online and on many great, great, great radio stations across the country and just wonderful cities too like Colorado Springs which is my goodness it's heaven on earth uh, in Colorado Springs just unbelievable uh, and then you've got beautiful uh, western well uh, I guess western Arizona eastern Phoenix but just beautiful ranch country uh, out there in the, the eastern valley and it's just uh, breathtaking I love the sunsets oh my gosh nothing like an Arizona desert sunset and of course, we want to th- thank our friends in Las Vegas up the road at I-15. And we love you guys. And thank you, An- Andy, for bringing on the Robert Davi Show. Uh, if I left anybody out up in Hot Springs, uh, yeah, KFCR 1490, great station there. And uh, we love those folks, too. That's uh, We soon will be on in a few more markets. We'll be announcing some new markets coming on board. Uh, and then, of course, you know, The Answer in Albuquerque, which is a great station, late night. And we want to give our hearty thanks to those, not only the people that make it happen, but also to the listeners who support the program. And yes, we would like to hear from you. Uh, I'd love to get emails from you or calls, 818-818-6401. If you want to comment on anything you, you are hearing today on the CRN Talk platform. And um, don't call if it's after hours, because I won't answer. But anyway, it's good to be here. And I... I uh, am honored to sit in for the Renaissance Man, but we've got to talk about the hearings. Uh, the uh, My wife, obviously, it was kind of funny because I didn't want to watch the hearings. I, I, I really, you heard me yesterday talk about my resistance to the propaganda because I knew what was going to happen. I knew what I was going to see, and I didn't think it would change my opinion. There were a couple of things. In fact, I, I jotted down some questions that I had after watching for about an hour. I didn't know that this was going to be a miniseries. And as soon as I found that out, I thought, oh, my God, this is worse than I thought. They're going to be this is not going to I don't think it's going to play well. I think everybody who was interested watched it. Some more than others. I watched about an hour. I thought it was only an hour. If I had known it was going to be two hours, I, I you know, again, I, I didn't plan on making my whole evening. Um, that was my first, and I'm speaking, I think, for a lot of folks, but that was my first real time to get to know Liz Cheney. And I, and I spent a lot of time listening and watching her and observing her style and, and, Trying to, you know how you try to read people, you know, you try to look at them and say, okay, what are you seeing in those eyes? What, what is that? What is that? Where is that 
face come from? What, what, what hardships have they had in their life? I don't know. I do that. I, I always look at people and try to really get a good sense of who they are and, and what they're like deep down inside. And what I can tell you is that there's a reason that I don't like her. And there's a reason that I don't like her father. And there was a real good reason why I wasn't a big fan of George Bush. Now, I'm not one of these always carry the water for the Republican Party. Believe me, I was a, a Democrat for a long, long time. Uh, Ross Perot broke me of that uh, illusion. Because, you know, when you're younger, you're ideological. You're, you want to be a part of the good part of cause. You know, you want to join in. You want to take one for the team. And, and it's good to associate with like-minded people on the environment and on equal, equality among men and women, all those things that when you're young, you want to champion. And then you get older and you start to realize that there's not much difference between the, the Democrats and the Republicans. Not really. Not, not once they get to, you know, not once they get to uh, pow positions of power in Washington, D.C. What, what ends up happening is they do trade-offs. They're basically trading power back and forth uh, over the years, like a teeter-totter. You know, uh, the Democrats will get in and they'll they'll make their positions and move their causes. And then they understand that they're going to have to relinquish power. You know, maybe it's perhaps they think that if they share the power equally over time, then the Americans, the, the voters, will be less likely to feel that they're they're being screwed. I think that they think if they share power amongst each other, uh, then it, it allows them both to participate and win at being in power. And winning means getting the financial support, being able to stay in that position, being able to curry favors for friends. It must be quite, I think it's very, it's an elixir that is quite powerful, I think. Uh, they get addicted to the power that they have that we give to them because we, we vote for them. We send them off. And the first thing they see is their own parking space. And the second thing they see is the nice plaque on the wall and their own set of keys. And they get into the office and, oh my, you know, it's probably not a very big office at first until you're, you know, appointed to a committee. Uh, the furniture is all paid for. And, uh, and, and guess what? You get some money to live you get a stipend plus your salary so it's it starts to fit in you know you you start really enjoying it and then you're making friends and you're being recommended for things and you want your political career to really take off but in the back of your head you know that you got to run for re-election in two years so that means you have to be on the phone you have to be talking to donors you have to make sure they're in on and they're completely supporting you and that's when it starts to corrupt you because now you're thinking about how do I stay in this job? How do I get to continue this good feeling of of not really working that hard, but just saying the right things when, when it when it comes time to say the right things to your constituents back home and to know which side to be on on issues of the day without actually ever doing anything. You know, they have a, a committee that writes the laws and then you read them and then you vote. And half the time, you're just voting along, along party lines. It's not a challenging job. Uh, stay out of the limelight and don't say too much, you know. Some people can't hack it. Some people get really swept away. But it, what I'm trying to tell you is that these people, they're only about keeping hold of power. And that's why Donald Trump 
really upset them because they saw this guy come in and he was beholden to no one. He had all the money in the world. He had success. He didn't need anything from anybody. He didn't need a salary for four years. Uh, he, he lost money. Actually, I think his net worth dropped significantly when he got out of power. And of course, he was attacked every day endlessly by everybody. So for him, it was more difficult than, say, for Joe Biden. Joe Biden could come in right on the on the uh, the, the tails of, of Trump's policy successes, and he could have ridden the pandemic out. Think things would have gotten back to normal. But he was neglectful of things like the the uh, supply chain, and he was neglectful. Uh, of the fact that there are certain principles that make for a good economy. Number one, government intervention never works. Businesses need to be left alone. That was what Trump brought to the, the table. And what Trump also brought to the table that Nancy Pelosi and others despised was that he proved that a politician uh, or that, that a person can be a successful politician without being a career politician. That businessmen like uh, Rick Scott, who I have great admiration for, they can step in and they can run this country and they don't have to play all the political games. And, of course, the deep state, well, the deep state are all the employees that have life or jobs. They have jobs. They have benefits. They have great vacation packages and 401ks and guaranteed income. And they don't want to see any of that go away. So they want to be needed. They want to be wanted. And you can't be wanted or needed if you have a president that's slashing the size of government. And that's when the deep state decided we've got to take this guy out. He's going to he's going to ruin our livelihood. I'm going to have to go back home and get a real job. And this is what happened. And you know it happened that way. So all of this other theater that they had about the people that were breaking in and the great film shots of the Trump flag blowing in the wind with the sunset and the man with the Viking helmets uh, looking like the guy in Apocalypse Now. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, how was it that all of those people got in to the Capitol building that day on that day when they should have had the most security they'd ever had and they didn't have any? And that didn't change after what I saw last night. We'll be right back. The Robert Davi Show continues. Robert, where are you? Should have a, you know, Suede, we should get one of those Batman lights. And at night, you know, point it up into the sky. And if Robert can see it, maybe he'll come back. The Davi signal. (laughs) We need you. We need your wisdom, Robert. Uh, You know, I didn't get to the part where I told you what I thought about Liz Cheney. So Liz Cheney represents the kind of Republican that I don't like. That's what I that's what I was reaffirmed. Uh, I didn't know until about five minutes into it that she was reading from a teleprompter. She did a pretty good job. I couldn't tell. But that makes it so much easier than having to make stuff up like Kamala Harris. Who don't go there. Uh, And then, you know, um. There was that one part which made the news where she reads a Trump tweet. You know, she's charging him with, you know, making all these people break into the building and cause the riot and all that. But the the the, the tweet that Trump sent at the very end said, go home. I can't remember exactly the words, but it said, go home with peace and love. 
You know, it said go home with peace and love. And she didn't read that part. She only read the first part, you know. And that's when I, that's when my truthometer started pegging, you know. That's when I knew that a lot of this was just staged. And, you know, they used a certain kind of camera on the black fellow who I don't know who he was. But, man, you could see the detail of his beard. I mean, I could see the dust on his beard. It was that clear. They used a special camera on him. They got the lighting all right. Uh, I, I, you know, I got to give them uh, kudos on the production value. Maybe they should do that all the time. But it is kind of strange, right? It's a reality TV show uh, about a bar, uh, a nonpartisan hearing, and that's the other thing too. Is that they? Um, what was the the crux of it? Oh. You know, when you watch any kind of a law and order show, and I've watched a zillion of them, and I'm sure you have too, you always know there's going to be, you know, the defense and the prosecution, the defense and the prosecution, just like the Amber Heard trial. You would hear all these things about Johnny Depp, and you'd be like, oh, I'm so mad at Johnny Depp. What a slime bucket he is, man. I'm never going to go see another movie. And then the other lawyer gets up there and says a bunch of stuff about Amber Heard. And you're like, oh, well, maybe Johnny Depp isn't so bad. Boy, she's a real, you know, what I wouldn't even, you know. It, so that's how it happens. And you get caught in. Now, I sat in on a uh, grand jury one time on two case, three cases. And they were pretty serious cases. And that's exactly what happens. You have the DA, the district attorney or the prosecutor comes in and they tell you their side of the story. And that's all they tell you. And they tell it from their perspective. So when you know that you're not going to hear the other side and all you're going to hear is their side, that really takes away from from the truth because you're not going to hear. They're not going to tell you anything about, well, I wrote down some questions. All right. How many implants did they have in, in, the, in the group, the FBI implants? I bet you they had 30 of them at least. There were a lot of moments in, in, in video imaging that I saw where I said, that guy's an FBI implant, I bet. I bet you that he seemed to be just at the right place at the right time. That's very strange. So how many FBI agents did they have and how embedded were they? That would be my first question if I was on the other team. Uh, number two, who opened the doors and why were they being led around like they were on tour? It seemed like a lot of doors were being opened because I know they have the automatic security door, right? Uh, And why did Nancy not beef up security? That was another question I have. Why did she not beef up security? And and why does anybody... They kept playing the Bill Barr. Ah, If it was up to... I told him a year and a half. I haven't seen any evidence of uh, voter fraud. And I've yet to see it today. And I told him under my circ... And I'm like, well, have you seen the Dinesh D'Souza 2000 Mules movie, man? Why don't you go see that? Why don't you go see that movie and then come back and say, oh, I don't think there was any corruption. You know what? You were you were a wimp, uh, you know, whatever, uh, attorney general. You sucked at it, man. You weren't very good. I don't think you were on the Trump team, were you? You seemed to go out and do that book pretty quick. Yeah, I don't think I, you know, but they kept playing Bill Barr, so... And then they did the one from Ivanka, which I thought was really low ball. I mean, you know and I know that Ivanka would never say anything bad or disparaging about her dad. So they took a clip out of context and tugged on everybody's heartstrings. And look, 
You know, look, a lot of people that wanted to see what they wanted to see had a great time. They loved it, right? You know, it was exactly what they wanted, like feeding meat to a bunch of hungry dogs. Oh, you know, and you know, once again, this is the amazing thing. Trump's, Trump gets ratings. ABC, I don't know what the numbers are. I haven't read them yet, but I'm sure that they probably had a tick, an uptick in the number of people watching it. But I just, again, it, it, it smacked of insincerity, overproduction, and it wasn't fair. There, there were just, you can, you can take pretty much all the video footage you want and you can paint any picture you want to. But you're never going to be able to convince me that Donald Trump ordered all those people into the building and this was some conspiracy to take back the government. I don't believe that, especially as I think it was uh, John Nolte or John Stossel or someone. None of those people were armed. They didn't have any intention. There might have been some outliers. and There was a, probably several hundred idiots, really. Stupid people who got caught up in the fervor of things and uh, decided to, to have a lot of fun. But there was only one person who died, and that was a woman who got shot by a Capitol Police officer, Ashley Babbitt. And they've never really explained how that happened. And then all of the other cases where they had people, and you've heard them say that Capitol Police, they lost five lives. Well, four of the, four of the lives were suicides. And the fifth one was a heart attack. It was not a fire extinguisher. And that's been proven, but the lie, the lie continues to be perpetuated. So if the Democrats are just going to use this as an opportunity to spread misinformation and get away with it, then... then we're all going to turn off and, and we're not going to care. And I think most Americans really just, they know what this is about. They can see right through it. So we we do, do we have time yet? How much, how much time do we have there? All right. Well, you want to hear a little bit of Biden? He uh, was talking today from, from California once again in a denial. Now, look, to the reason I'm here, you know, thank you, Sal. And uh, thanks to... Uh, Gene uh, in the port of Los Angeles as well. Mario, thank you for Port of Long Beach. And thank Mayor Garcetti of Los Angeles and, uh, and the mayor of Long Beach, who I expect is soon going to be the congressman from Long Beach. I- oh, is that right? Okay, a little bit of plug there for a buddy. What I tell you, man? He's at, he's at where they're having a glut, you know, because of the, uh, the, the barge trade uh, boats that can't get in. They're still backed up, and he's out there congratulating everybody on a, on a job well done. What's interesting to me the most about the riots is, you know, you saw that anger, all that frustration, all those people that are just like, you know, that riot was two and a half years too early because that riot should be happening now with all of the shenanigans that are going on in our country. We'll be right back to discuss that. The recession is here. We'll be right back. The Robert Davi Show continues. Robert Davi. Magic is not a game of tricks for children. I know a lot of cool tricks. Oh, I want to mention this because we had that guest on yesterday, Guy Guy Mitchell. Uh, we talked a couple of minutes about how the whole climate crisis is a big sham, and he came up with so much data that it made my head spin. I do want to read this headline. I want to read it to you now. Now, brace yourself. This is a headline from the U.N., the United Nations. 
A senior U.N. environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed. Coastal flooding and crop failures would result an exodus of eco-refugees threatening political chaos. That, according to Noel Brown, director of the New York office of the U.N. Environmental Program, he said that all governments have a 10-year window of opportunity to solve the greenhouse effect before it goes beyond human control. That was dated June 29th, 1989. So I'll let you noodle that for a little bit. Here's our president talking about how great the economy is. And Americans are anxious, and they're anxious for good reason. I was raised in a household when the price of gasoline rose precipitously. It was the discussion at the table. It made a difference when food prices went up. But we've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. America should also understand our economy has unique strengths that we can build on. The job market is the strongest it's been since World War II, notwithstanding what? inflation. We added another 390,000 jobs last month, 8,700,000 new jobs. Which, by the way, by the way, that 390,000 figure that he just rattled off, the lowest number of jobs in a month since he's been in office. So, uh, again, he's living in a world that we apparently don't have admittance to. Let me read to you a quote from Michael Mahari of shiftgold.com. Uh, Michael writes, American consumers are straining under rising prices to make ends meet. They are turning to credit cards and depleting savings. Consumers' debt has risen to record levels while the savings rate has plunged to the lowest level since 2008. He writes, these numbers prove that everything Joe Biden said Last week and just a few moments ago from the ports in Los Angeles and Long Beach about a strong economy and U.S. consumers being in great shape is wrong. Consumers are in desperate straits. They are tapped out. My producer was just telling me that his uh, someone he knows has to pay a thousand dollars. What'd you say? Twelve thousand dollars a year more just to put uh, gas in their car, their vehicle. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, it's a tour yeah, it's bus. A bus. Yeah. yeah, and so they have to. Uh, that that price has shot up so much that uh, it's incremental. Now it's um, now it's you know an extra ten to twelve thousand a year. Yeah. So whatever savings, according to Mahari, he says that people uh, all that accumulated, that's gone. The people have to spend. They're maxing out their credit cards. Uh, they're buying necessities, food, energy. I mean, just gas alone is rent. Uh, there's no money left for discretionary spending. So this is going to target has, uh, by the way, announced they're going to be lowering all their prices to get rid of their excess inventory. They won't be. Uh, it'll eventually equate to job loss. We might get a pickup towards the end of the year, depending on how things going. My question is, as I as I closed out the last section, is I see that riot that's happening. Then if you reverse the timelines and the riots were after Biden had been in office, it would look like it makes sense because this is how people should be behaving right now. We should be fuming. Americans should be fuming. I I would like to suggest, and, and I'm not a social influencer, but we need to have a sit-in in front of Washington, in front of the White House. 
Americans, we have to get the message in a very peaceful way, very peaceful way. We've done it before. That this president isn't hearing us. He's he's saying he's saying things like this. I don't know if this is queued up or not. It looks like an all-time record. Never that many jobs. And you guys did a time. heck of a job when I came out. Unemployment here rate is near historic lows. Millions of Americans are moving up to better jobs and better pay. He said that not an hour ago. Not an hour ago. They just released the 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 core price index, right? The CPI. 8.6% hasn't been this bad since 1979-1980. Uh, some say even going back to 1971. Now, you know, a lot has changed since 1971. A lot has changed. I mean, just the internet alone has revolutionized so many different industries. And there's just more people. I mean, I don't know exactly what the population was. It might have been around 290. But we've increased by 50 million people at least in the last quarter century. That's a lot more mouths to feed. That's a lot more people on the roads. And uh, and he just doesn't get it. They're hurting. And we're sitting under, uh, you know, God's great gift, fossil fuels. And that's because he's convinced, he and the people around him who are setting policy on our energy, they're convinced that they're saving the planet, even though they're not saving the planet. They're, they're killing the people who live on the planet. There was an article today, remember we talked about this, how years ago the environmental movement was hijacked by the climate change crowd. The climate change crowd got in and figured out a way how to make money from doing this by counting carbon and making up all kinds of claims that computer models say that carbon dioxide is leading to a global warming and the ice is going to melt and we're going to have floods. That's why I read that article to you. In 1989, they were saying we had only 10 years and then it was all going to go to hell. Then everything would be irreversible. And here we are 23 years later, still fine. Uh, haven't been too bad on the hurricanes out here in Florida. Weather's nice. I hear it's sunny today in New York and it's beautiful. Uh, people telling me that uh, it's raining in Seattle just like it normally does this time of year, and it's hot in California. It's always that way. It hasn't changed. Nothing. Uh, I had a scientist tell me the other day there's more greenery. Plants are thriving in, in places like South America because of the fact that there's so much excess carbon dioxide. So it's almost like the Earth has a reverberation. Uh, method so that if it, it it will always try to seek equilibrium, a little bit extra carbon dioxide, it produces more plants that eat the carbon dioxide. Pretty neat how that works. Anyway, so here's Tom Harrison, PG, PJ Media, quote, how climate change has hijacked the environmental movement. Movement On Earth Day, climate appeared 10 times on the earthday.org homepage. The United Nations International Mother Earth Day homepage cited climate no less than seven times. Pollution was referenced once. Water and air, not even at all. Even Earth Day's Google homepage, Doodle, took you to a page that showed the supposed impact of climate change. Uh, the same is true of how Earth Hour, which is March 28th this year, and Earth Month, which is April, climate change now completely dominates environmentalism. And it's true, because even on the Weather Channel, in addition to sprinkling all of their climate 
uh, uh, disaster news clips. They've got a whole hour dedicated right in the middle of the day to going over once again how the Earth's climate is changing. And of course, we all know that the Earth is climate's changing, and you'll you'll never be able to find a shortage of tornadoes and hurricanes and floods to film because those things have always happened. And our president is completely ignorant to all of it. Uh, he believes everything that Al Gore has said in the last thirty years, uh, and and now we're living with a president who's got the keys to the gas pump. And he's telling everybody, screw you. You don't get the keys to the gas because I know what's better. Me, I do, not you. You're a dummy. Walk to work. Take a bus. Live with it. We're going to get around this curve. We'll be right back in a moment. Sound clips of the week coming up. I think if I threatened to kill people, if they didn't eat your cookies, they still wouldn't eat them. You know what I think of your cookies? That's what I think of your cookies. Welcome back to the Robert Davi Show on the CRNTalk.com network. And we're here for you every day. We appreciate you. Be sure to check out my website. It's called thejimwatkinsshow.online. And it's got uh, articles that I sprinkle it with uh, along with the podcast. And uh, we sure love you stopping by thejimwatkinsshow.online. And always on Friday, we like to, and, and for those listening, the end of the week, the weekend is here. It's all nice. Let's go back in time. And so the subject uh, of this particular segment should be great audio uh, about the climate and what's happening with energy. So here's a woman. Uh, uh, here's Nancy Pelosi and her take on the current fuel crisis. This is a major exploitation of the consumer because this is... a. a, a a product the, the consumer must have. Again, the, the Putin tax cut, hike at the pump is a part of this, and you would think that the oil companies would compensate for that. Yeah, that's what Biden said a little while ago, right? He he inserted the word Putin. Let's listen again. And Americans are anxious, and they're anxious for good reason. I was raised in a household when the price of gasoline rose precipitously. It was the discussion at the table. It made a difference when food prices went up. But we've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. America should also understand our economy has unique strengths that we can build on. Yeah, we know that. But you're screwing it up. Um, You know, that's interesting because we did it. Remember the gentleman that was on? I believe he was the prime minister from Saskatchewan, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see, I have to find this one here. Oh, here he is. Uh, here's Jason Kelly. Uh, as I said, look, if we were serious about this, we could achieve within five years a complete elimination of North American imports of OPEC energy. That would be demonstrably good for the world uh, environment and global peace and security. I mean, think about that for a moment. If the United States, which is awash in all kinds of energy, natural gas, oil, uh, coal, and we combined our resources with Canada, which is awash with even more, you know. Then you have the Mexico oil, which is the Gulf of Mexico, and the coastal sections are just awash with oil. Then Saudi Arabia would have no power. Iran would have no power. Russia would have no power. All of these countries, Venezuela, 
they get so much money from their oil. And when we're not producing it, these countries are making even more money. Do you know that we are funding the Russian war? Think about that for a moment. We are funding Vladimir Putin. So you've got Pelosi and the president, and they're saying that this is all because of Putin. Putin's driving up the uh, the price of oil because we're not producing any, and he is. And you know the laws of economics, it's the laws of supply and demand. The less supply there is, the higher the prices go up because the demand. It's not as much to go around. It's like a piece of pizza. Uh, every time you have another person added, you got to slice the pizza a little smaller. And each slice goes up in value. And our uh, we're, we're, what, paying almost eight bucks? It'll be 10 bucks by September. And, and what is, uh, what's Kamala Harris' plan? That is especially true. When it comes to the climate crisis, She's all which about is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize global action. With that, I thank you all. This is a matter of urgent priority for all of us. And I know we will work on this together. And I'll see you in two weeks. You know, again, that could have been inserted after any subject and she would have said the same word salad. But, you know, then there's that guy, that 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 guy up there in Canada. And I do not understand why the administration of the United States, which is pleading with OPEC to ship more, is taking a neutral position about an effort to shut down uh, the shipment of over half a million barrels a day of light, sweet Canadian energy to the upper Midwest through Governor Whitmer's effort to decommission Line 5. Meanwhile, you've got the Democratic senator from Michigan where they make cars uh, telling people they need to go get, you know, go get yourself an EV. Problem solved. Uh, you won't even need gas anymore. So, you know, our leaders are all sort of upside down on this. And we, uh, on the bottom end, us little folk... Uh, we have to play by their rules. And that's where I think the problem is right now, is that we are power. It seems like we're powerless, right? It seems like we can't get ourselves out of this mess because no matter how angry we get, they're just, they're not going to change their position. They think we're crazy. They think that we don't understand it. We have to think about the existential crisis of the climate, and uh, and 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 we just we need to just play along because we're saving the lives of our children. And meanwhile, there are, uh, poverty grows. The poverty class grows. I feel sorry for a cab driver, anybody that that relies on fuel or has to drive a long way. It's like I don't. I think it was uh, maybe it was uh, who's the guy Larry the guy on, on Fox Business Larry Kudlow. You know, it's the worst form of tax. Increased fuel prices, the worst form of tax on on people who are struggling as it is anyway. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, so that's why I, I, I ponder this. You know, when are we going to have the, the right peaceful, you know, everybody talking about the revolution? This is this is a yellow alert or are we at red alert yet? How bad does it have to be? This is what we should be having a conversation about. 
How bad does it have to get before we, the people, say enough is enough? And we have to communicate. Somebody is preventing Biden from getting the message that Americans are really hurting right now. We're heading into the summer. We're going to make the most of it. We probably won't drive as far. We may not fly as far. I know people that are not going to be taking vacations because they don't want to pay $1,000 for an airline ticket to, to travel to go see a relative. And they certainly don't want to pay 3000 if it's a family of three or 4000 if it's a family of four. Imagine what it costs to go to Disney to take your family. Ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 just to take your family on one five-day trip. Everything goes up when energy goes up. I don't know what they were talking about at Joe Biden's dinner table, but they weren't explaining to Joe that when gas goes up, everything goes up. Today is day one of an uprising to protect. Well, maybe we could hire Rachel Carmona and she could, uh, she was that DC activist. That's what's missing. That energy is missing in, in the conservatives. And it doesn't even have to be about the conservatives and it doesn't have to be about Trump and it doesn't have to be about MAGA. It's it's not about that. It's about how this man, you know, he, he claims he was legitimately elected president. Okay. Well, this is your mess. You have to own it. Gas prices have been going up steadily long before Putin stepped in. And oh, by the way, by not drilling here at home, you are empowering the man that you want to defeat. It is true that Russia makes a lot of money when a, a barrel of oil exceeds $100. And that right now, a barrel of oil, I think, is 135 So Putin is making a billion dollars a day in profit because of what Joe Biden is doing. So that's how you have to start thinking about this. Joe Biden is enabling Putin, but he's blaming Putin for something that he could solve, Biden by just releasing the permits and giving the green light and telling these energy people and let them go loose. Let them do what they do. I saw the guy from Keystone. He's making the rounds today. He says his team's ready to get get to work right now. And they're not building solar panels up in Keystone in South Dakota. That's the stupidest thing. Biden should have been slapped down on that stupid initiative. I'm signing an executive order. We're building solar panels. That'll solve the energy price. You know, we're going to have rolling blackouts in Texas, all over the country, California, because of stupid, ignorant, short-sighted environmental policies that are destroying the energy production in this country because they, the politicians in Washington, think they're doing us a favor by converting to renewables. And the grids are not going to be able to handle the, 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 the people. When the temperature starts getting into the triple digits in Texas and you've got 10 million people that want electricity, those grids are going to fall because there's not enough power coming in on the other side. And this is where we have problems. And, 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 and how do we send that message to Mr. Biden? How do we tell him? We can't go on. This can't go on. You are going to dis- your legacy will be that you destroyed the United States of America. Your legacy, if you retain your memory and you don't fall into dementia and you're around long enough, is going to be one of disaster and failure, embarrassment and shame. 
and Jill and your progeny are going to have, they'll change their last name. Just like Ignatan's King Tut did the same 3,500 years ago. People hated that guy, and he almost destroyed the Egyptian empire, just like you're about to destroy the American empire. Is that what we voted for? Now maybe I see why all those people were upset on January 6th. Maybe they knew it was coming. Hope you have a good weekend. Thanks for joining me on The Robert Davi Show.